This faith and finance podcast is underwritten in part by Christian Healthcare Ministries. Are you finding it increasingly challenging to find affordable health care? Christian Healthcare Ministries is a budget-friendly, biblical, and compassionate healthcare cost-sharing alternative that aligns with your Christian values. And it's available in all 50 states and around the world. Learn more at chministries.org slash faithby. nothing new for seniors to get discounts, but did you know that one of them can save you money on health care costs? Hi, I'm Rob West. It's true, and the senior discount I'm talking about is a whole lot better than reduced-price movie tickets or haircuts. Lauren Guidek joins us today with all the details, and then it's on to your calls and questions at 800-525-7000. That's 800-525-7000. This is Faith and Finance, biblical wisdom for your financial decisions. Well, it's always a pleasure to have Lauren Guidek with us. She's Vice President of Communications and Media at Christian Healthcare Ministries, where they have a great opportunity for seniors to make their dollars go further. Lauren, great to have you with us on the program. Oh, thank you so much for having me back on the show. Absolutely. And Lauren, before we get into the program you call Senior Share, uh, tell us about the need for something like this. Sure. I I recently heard a a disturbing statistic that uh, nearly one in 10 adults, which would be about 23 million people all over the country, um, owe some kind of medical debt. And Mm -hmm. if you think about it, you know, for your listening audience, that means probably quite a few people that you know are struggling with medical debt. So that's something that at Christian Healthcare Ministries, we want to come alongside people and help them kind of live a different reality and not have medical debt. Absolutely. And it's bad enough for younger folks not to have adequate coverage, but worse for seniors, isn't it? Yes, absolutely. Um, You know, as we age, uh, the tendency for our medical bills to go up, for us to receive more medical care also goes up. And unfortunately, um, you know, even if you have Medicare, you're sometimes left with additional costs because Medicare doesn't always cover 100% of your health care. So if, if you think about a relatively normal medical incident, you could end up yeah. with hundreds or maybe even thousands of dollars that you still owe out of your pocket. Yeah, and that's significant. Now, Lauren, if you're already a member, continuing in a Christian Healthcare Ministries plan when you turn 65 is seamless, isn't it? Yes, that's right. Um, so as our members approach retirement age, you know, they can rest assured if they're already a member of CHM, they can stay on. We send them a letter. We let them know, hey, you know, you're turning 65 soon. We see that's happening. Um, but did you know that you can still be part of Christian Healthcare Ministries um, with no interruption? Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's really a, a nice thing. And then, you know, people who haven't joined uh I obviously can jump on board um, when they get to be that age or even before because we serve all ages. Very good. But there's an added advantage for seniors, and let's talk about it. You call it senior share. What do we need to know? 
Yeah, so Senior Share is our program for members 65 and older, um, and it's our gold program, so it's the best one that we have. But the best thing about it is that uh, there's what we call a gift reduction. So Christian Healthcare Ministries is not insurance, um, but basically it's a discount that you would get um, off your monthly amount that you would pay. And uh, that can begin the month of your 65th birthday. And there's really nothing special you have to do to receive um, that lower price, which is $115 per month. Oh, that's incredible. What a blessing for those in that season of life. And no doubt that'll be a big help, especially for those on a fixed income trying to meet their health care costs. Lauren, how can folks get more information about this? Well, they can go to our website, which is chministries.org, chministries.org, or they can give us a phone call, and we'd be happy to answer any questions they may have. Awesome. And for anyone looking to cover the rising costs of health care, this is a great option, isn't it? And it's a biblical option. Yes, absolutely. We're biblically based 100%. And Lauren, as we wrap up here, for those who want to go on senior share, do they have to have Medicare A and B in order to do so? Uh, Yes, that's correct. Um, Medicare would be considered uh, the first resource or the first payer. um, And then Christian Healthcare Ministries is available to assist with those costs we talked about earlier. Um, You know, that would be what Medicare would not pay. Excellent. Well, this has been really helpful, and I know it'll be a valuable offering for so many in our listening audience. Lauren, thanks for stopping by. Thank you. Have a great day. You too. Lauren Gaidek has been with us. She's with Christian Healthcare Ministries. The website again, chministries.org. That's chministries.org. Your calls are next, 800-525-7000. We'll be right back. God's Word is packed with life-changing wisdom about your finances. And Faith and Finance is here to help you and many others to be wise stewards of God's resources. We rely on help from Faith and Finance patrons, supporters of this mission, to help us continue and expand our outreach. Please consider becoming a monthly Faith and Finance patron. Visit faithfi.com and click Give on the homepage. We're grateful for support from Eventide Investments on the Faith and Finance Program. Eventide's approach to values-based investing is grounded in the belief that humankind was created in the image of God with intrinsic dignity, value, and worth. Eventide calls this investing that makes the world rejoice. More information is available at eventideinvestments.com. That's eventideinvestments.com. Thanks for joining us today on Faith and Finance. I'm Rob West, your host. This is the program where the 2300 verses on money and possessions found in God's Word intersect with today's financial decisions and choices. The number to get in on the conversation, 800-525-7000. 800-525-7000. And let's go to Largo, Florida. Hey, Paul, thanks for calling. Go ahead. Hey, Rob. Uh, first of all, I want to thank you about... Four, maybe five years ago, I listened to your newscast, and I had no idea 
that I wanted, uh, was biblically for me to be debt free. So I made it a priority to pay my house up. I'm a single dad of three, and uh, I paid my house up 17 years early. As of a year ago, I'm totally debt free. Um, I have I followed your plan. I I do have an emergency fund that could that could that could uh, I could survive for at least a year on it. Uh, I could survive on my checking account for two years. I have a savings account that I can survive for a year. Um, a week ago yesterday, uh, a week ago, I just retired from the government. I actually uh, was three days short of 39 years of government service. Wow. I, 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 I haven't applied. I'm 64 and eight months, so I haven't applied to, for Social Security. I'm going to wait two years so I, at full retirement age. At this point, I don't need it. Yes, I can sir. live on my my first my federal employee retirement uh, just comfortably. But my big question to you is that I have a TSP, which is Thrift Savings Program. Where yes. at last year I was losing a lot of money in it, so I put it to a safe account called the G Fund. Yes. Uh, I'm not losing money, but I'm only making I think 1.65 percent. Yes. I I don't need that money at this point in my life, but I believe I can keep it in there at the government until I'm 70. My big question is, I I would like to see what other options would there for me to to the warehouse that money that would be better than 1.65. And I don't want to do like stocks or things because I get very nervous. <laughs> okay, funds. very good. Yes, sir. Well, Paul, first of all, thank you for that testimony that you gave to the Lord. You applied his wisdom uh, from the Bible to your situation, and you've followed these principles that we need to live within our means. Well, first, we need to recognize God owns it all and that we're a steward and money is a tool. But then we want to live within our means and avoid debt, which means we should seek to get out of debt over time, not because it's a sin, but because there's warnings and it changes the relationship and it can cause us to presume upon the future. We should have some margin. We should set long-term goals and we should give generously. And we do that. We put ourselves in a position to experience God's best. It doesn't mean we're not going to be without challenges along the way. We will in a fallen world, but it puts us in a position to at least say our economy is something we can control and we want to have an eternal perspective and follow God's heart, and you're experiencing the fruit of doing that over a long period of time. And so thanks for sharing that testimony today. Uh, also, it sounds like you're living modestly. And because of that, you've got this asset, this thrift savings plan that you've built up that you don't need to touch. And that's a good thing because you can allow that to continue to grow. And because you're the steward, you need to decide how much risk do you want to take, if any at all, and try to grow that so that it's there either to you know provide additional resources for you if you needed long-term care down the road, you had major medical expenses to give away to ministry uh, that uh, is on your heart or maybe to leave as an inheritance. Um, what I would probably do, Paul, that G fund is just the G stands for government securities. I mean, basically you're in government bills, bonds, and notes uh, paying very little. I'd probably roll it out to an IRA, an individual retirement account 
uh, and see about an advisor working with you. Now, uh, you don't have to invest in stocks and bonds. You could leave it in fixed uh, investments. You could even roll it out to an IRA at a bank if you wanted to and look to build like a CD ladder. You know, maybe you put uh, a portion of it in a six-month CD, a portion in a 12-month, and a portion in 18 months, and then every six months you're rolling it over to take advantage of higher interest rates as they're available, and then maybe once the Fed stops raising rates, maybe you lock it in for a longer period of time. That would allow you to get up that, you know, that 1.6 up to, well, right now with a 15-month CD, you can earn 4.6% um, in an online bank. And that would be in a an IRA that would not create a taxable event when you rolled that out. The other benefit of the uh, IRA is that you're going to have required minimum distributions down the road. And when you reach age 72... And if you don't need that money, perhaps you're in the same position then that you are right now, um, you would be able to do out of the IRA what's called a qualified charitable distribution, which would allow you to satisfy that required minimum that the IRS is going to uh, ask you to take out each year, but do it by giving to your church or other ministries that you're passionate about. They get the full amount. There's not any tax paid. It's not added to your adjusted gross income, but it's it's also going to satisfy that required minimum. You won't be able to do that out of the TSP. You'd have to be in an IRA. So I think that's perhaps, you certainly could leave it there and stay in the G fund, but I think getting it into the IRA gives you a a bit more flexibility because now you can look at other options, including things like CDs that, you know, might take advantage of the higher rates that are being paid right now. Does all that make sense? It makes perfect sense. And and, and that helps me quite a bit. And I'm pretty sure that's most likely what I'm going to do. Very good. Paul, thank you for calling today, my friend. We appreciate it very, very much. 800-525-7000 is the number to call. To Florida, beautiful Florida. Hey, Marty, thanks for calling. Go ahead. Hi, Rob. I'm calling um, to ask a question. My dad passed away in July with no will, so his property had to go through probate. My sisters and I just closed on the home um, in January, my question is, do we have to pay taxes on what we received from that sale? Yeah, there's no inheritance tax. Uh, so in, they're in the state of Florida. There's not certainly not a federal inheritance tax. So when you inherited that property as of the date of death, you and your your siblings, the what's called the basis, the cost basis for that property was stepped up from when from what it was when your dad bought it to the value of that home as of the date of death. And then when you sell it following that date of death at some point down the road, whether that's a couple of months or several years, that new cost basis will be applied to determine whether or not the selling price is at a profit or at a loss. And at that point, then you would, that would be the only time that taxes would be due. So you don't have any taxes due based on the, the inheritance itself. You would only have taxes based on whether you have a capital gain. But the good news is, you know, based on the date of death, if it was sometime last year, the housing market is, you know, if anything, it's down slightly. So, um, you know, given that you had that stepped up basis, you probably sold it, you know, even to that cost basis or maybe even below it, which would mean there would be no tax due. Does that make sense? I think so. Yes. So I just have to find out about the difference if, if there is any. Okay. 
Yeah. So you would have to have somebody give you like a broker's price opinion, or uh, you'd have to determine with the ability to back it up before the IRS, what is the value of the home as of the date of death? And then you'd compare that to the selling price to determine whether you have a capital gain or a capital loss. If you owe anything, it's not going to be very much. Thanks for calling Marty. And so sorry to hear about your dad's passing. Stay with us. We'll be right back. What's most important to you when it comes to choosing your financial advisor? Someone who's aligned with your biblical values? How about someone who will take the time to explain your options? Certified Kingdom Advisors are professionals who meet high standards in competence and integrity and have been trained to offer biblical financial advice. To find a Certified Kingdom Advisor in your area, visit faithfi.com and click Find a CKA. We are grateful for support from Sound Mind Investing in the Faith and Finance Program. For more than 30 years, they've been helping Christians reach their financial goals with step-by-step guidance for investors at every stage, from those just getting started to those getting ready for retirement. Through scriptural principles and practical suggestions, SMI offers financial wisdom for living well. More information, including the short video webinar on profit and peace of mind, no matter what's happening in the market, is available at soundmindinvesting.org. Great to have you with us today on Faith and Finance. I'm Rob West, your host. We're taking your calls and questions today. 800-525-7000 to Memphis, Tennessee. You know, I was just in uh, down the street in Tupelo. Jean, go right ahead. How can I help you? Uh, I was have been married uh, twice. Both husbands are deceased. Uh, I have was married to both of them, age 14 years. And I am drawing Social Security on my first husband. We had three children. The second husband, uh, who has just recently passed away, Hmm. and I've just always wondered why, because he was self-employed. So every year at tax time, he took my W-2, and it went on what he was to pay the government. I was never allowed to see what we were getting back. So I was just wondering, is is it just a, a rule or the law that, that you can't draw off of two husbands or or what? Yes, that, that is correct. And I'm so sorry to hear, Gene, about your husband's passing. Uh, you cannot receive benefits from two deceased husbands at the same time. But here's what you can do. Okay. All of that work record is available. So you would want to contact the Social Security Administration, and here's what they're going to do. They're going to compare the records from your previous husband with those of your second husband so that you can claim the record that provides the greatest benefit to you. And you'll be able to choose the one that is going to be most beneficial to you in terms of a a monthly benefit. So you're going to absolutely want to contact the Social Security Administration, ask, ask them to look up those records and determine which is the best for you to claim, and you'll be able to take the higher of the two. Okay. Okay. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Yes, ma'am. Very good. And again, I'm so sorry to hear about your husband's passing. Thanks for calling in today. May God bless you, Gene. 800-525-7000. Lisa, I understand you uh, want some help with uh, your grandson's uh, survivor's benefits from his uh, father's passing. How can we help? 
Yes, that's correct. Um, our grandson came to live with us uh, about two years ago, and he also received survivor benefits. And we've saved up about $10,000 um, in funds that we didn't need to put to immediate use, and we continue to save money for him each month. And I'm just wondering what is the best vehicle uh, to make the most of his money if he goes to college later on or to buy his first car, things like that. I um, wasn't sure if we should do like a 529 plan or a CD or put it in the stock market. Um, and, and I'm yes. also trying to mitigate the uh, impact on us as far as any gains or, or taxes on money that's really we're setting aside for him. Sure, sure. Uh, yeah, no question about that. Well, I, I appreciate that you're setting that aside and wanting to use that uh, or be able to provide that to him down the road as his benefit. Clearly, that has to be used for his financial support. But in this case, it sounds like you all are covering his expenses and you're just going to be able to provide this to him uh, down the road. Um, you absolutely can invest this benefit. Uh, you could put it into a Uniform Transfer to Minors Act account. Uh, that would make it essentially it's a custodial account in his name that becomes his asset at the age of majority. So that's the only question is whether you want him to automatically have that regardless of kind of where he's at in his financial and spiritual maturity, but that would get it out of your name. Uh, now, from the standpoint of um, financial aid, it does become his asset, which go is going to impact him more significantly at 20% uh, based on the expected family contribution versus uh, having the asset in your name, uh, even though it's for his benefit. Um, have you kind of decided how you want to earmark these funds? Uh, would you like to have them specifically available for college, or are you thinking more widely available? I'm hoping he'll go to college, but it's hard to anticipate. He's only yeah. seven and a half years old, so I guess, I don't know, I could take an approach where some of it goes for college and, and some of it that we set aside for other purposes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You certainly can do that. I think that's the key is to decide kind of how you want to put this in buckets, if you will. Uh, you know, the funds that could would go into a 529, uh, you don't get the deduction on, but you get the tax-free growth uh, as long as they're used for qualified educational expenses. Um, and you'd have the opportunity to get that out on a pro rata basis if there was uh, any grants or scholarship awards. Uh, a new law says that if it's in there 15 years, um, it can actually be rolled if it's unused into a Roth IRA, which is a, a benefit that's not been available. Now, that would make it money that would be focused on the very long term, obviously, but um, you know it does give you that option to get it out without having uh, any kind of tax implications on it. And that that's new, uh, you know, coming in, in 2024. So uh, that would be the money that I would earmark for college. I would, would use a 529 savings plan. If you want it more widely available, I think the other option, if you want to put it to work because you've got time on your side and you really don't feel like he needs it anytime soon. I mean, the market is down right now, so you could dollar cost average it into a, um, uh, you know, into the market in a properly diversified portfolio. And you perhaps want to consider a a custodial account, what's called either a UTMA or a UGMA account, and you can open that at any brokerage firm, you know, perhaps Schwab or Fidelity, one of those. Okay. All, All right. right. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate <laughs> it. 
You're welcome, Lisa. And you're doing wonderful work there, caring for your grandson. I'm delighted you called in today. May God bless you. Thanks for being a part of the program. Uh, we're going to finish in Chicago. Gerard, you're our final caller, sir. Go ahead. I have a uh, payment plan with the IRS monthly and a payment plan with a with a bank for uh, a, a business loan that I've taken out. And, but I have this money that uh, I have in cashier's checks, and I was kind of scared to put it in the bank because maybe IRS or the bank may decide to go in there and take the money. I don't know. Can they do that, or what should I do? Yeah, they absolutely can, and they'll notify you before doing that. If you uh, you know owe money to the IRS, they can garnish that right out of your, your bank account. Uh, they would let you know that uh, 30 days before they did it, before they start the process. Um, but, you know, if you haven't received notice, then they're, you know, then that's not imminent. I would also say if you're on a repayment plan, uh, Gerard, then they're not going to go after your money. They're going to work with you through that repayment plan. It's really only if you either don't make good on that repayment plan or you owe money without a repayment plan. Um, and, and they would send you what's called a collection due process notice to let you know that, uh, that they were going to pull that money out. Thank you very much, sir. God bless you. Have a great day. And to you as well. Thanks for calling today. And that's going to do it for us today. I really appreciate your taking time to listen to this program and to committing the principles we talk about each time to your financial life. If you're not yet one of our financial partners but would like to be, would you visit our new website, faithfi.com. Make plans to join us again next time. I'll be here, and I hope you will be too, for another edition of Faith and Finance. Faith and Finance is provided by FaithFi and listeners like you.